the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. We all have our embarrassing moments that we're ashamed of, just like Abraham and Sarah. You, you probably have an Abimelech or two in your past that when you think about that person, you kind of cringe because you know what you did to them. You know how you treated them. You know how you behaved. You remember that last conversation and what they said to you. And we all have people in our minds right now that we hope we never bump into them in the grocery store because we're so embarrassed by our behavior. Well, that was kind of a Bimelech for Abraham. We all have those people in our minds that Pastor Dan just mentioned a moment ago. When we think about our last conversation or interaction with them, we cringe. Well, today you'll see that Abraham and Sarah had one of those people in their lives, King Abimelech. Abraham tried to deceive Abimelech and it didn't go very well. Perhaps as you listen today, the Lord will bring that person to mind in your life that you're not quite at peace with. Maybe after listening, you'll be prompted to go and have an open and honest conversation with that person. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 21 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. came to pass at that time that Abimelech and Pekol, the commander of his army, spoke to Abraham, saying, God is with you and all that you do. Now, therefore, swear to me by God that you will not deal falsely with me, with my offspring or with my posterity, but that according to the kindness that I have done to you, you will do to me and to the land in which you have dwelt. And Abraham said, I will swear. And then Abraham rebuked Abimelech because of a well of water which Abimelech's servants had seized. And Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this thing. You you did not tell me, nor had I heard of it until today. And so Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech, and the two of them made a covenant. And Abraham set seven ewe lambs of the flock by themselves. Then Abimelech asked Abraham, what what is the meaning of these seven lambs which you have set by themselves? And he said, you will take these seven lambs from my hand, that they may be my witness that I have dug this well. Therefore, he called the place Beersheba, because the two of them swore an oath there. Thus they made a covenant at Beersheba. So Abimelech rose with Pekol, the commander of his army, and they returned to the land of the Philistines, where they lived. 
And then Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba, and there called on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. And Abraham stayed in the land of the Philistines many days. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this little section of scripture here at the end of chapter 21. We pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher. And Lord, that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word today and speak to us from your word. Lord, I pray that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word this morning. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in this passage, Abimelech, the king, enters into a covenant with Abraham at a place called Beersheba. Uh, Abraham was a shepherd and he was a nomad or a Bedouin, and so he, he moved around with his flocks to provide fresh pastures for his flocks. So he, he moved to the area of Beersheba. Uh, and Beersheba is a significant place in the Bible. Abraham lives there. Uh, Isaac lives there. Jacob lives there. Um, other people in the Bible we see at Beersheba, for example, in 1 Kings 19.3, Elijah the prophet flees to Beersheba, so uh, it's a significant place. Several people have an experience with God at at Beersheba in the Bible, so it's significant. Uh, Beersheba also marks the southern border of the promised land. The southern border of the promised land. You read in the Old Testament several times the phrase, from Dan to Beersheba. Uh, Dan is the northern boundary and Beersheba is the southern boundary of the promised land. So to say from Dan to Beersheba would be like us saying from Maine to Florida or from coast to coast or sea to shining sea kind of thing. It's the northern and southern boundary of the promised land. Uh, Here in verse 22 that we read that Abimelech and Pekol, Abimelech's commander of his army, They come to Abraham seeking a covenant or seeking a peace treaty with Abraham. Now, we've met Abimelech before. Back in chapter 20, Abimelech is the king of Gerar. And if you remember from chapter 20, Abraham deceived Abimelech. He lied to him. He lied about his wife, Sarah, saying that Sarah was his his sister, and then Abimelech took Sarah to be his wife, thinking that she's not married. And that night, the Lord appeared to Abimelech and spoke to Abimelech in a dream, warning him about Sarah, telling him that Sarah is indeed Abraham's wife. And then the next day, if you remember from chapter 20, Abimelech strongly rebuked Abraham and Sarah for deceiving him. And Abimelech, you know, said, what's your problem, man? You know, like that, that's my paraphrase. Uh, but, you know, what, what, what did you do this for? What have I done to you that would cause you to do this to me? And he even said, you know, you shouldn't do this to people. <laughs> Abimelech, a heathen pagan king, rebuked Abraham. Uh, so Abraham's last encounter with Abimelech was not Abraham's greatest moment uh, in his life. It, it was maybe his most embarrassing moment because he, he really failed. He, he was a bad witness for God before Abimelech and, 
And Abimelech, a non-believer, called him out for his behavior. You know, we all can be a bad witness for Christ, can't we? We can all blow it at times. We all do blow it at times. We act in the flesh. We all have our embarrassing moments that we're ashamed of, just like Abraham and Sarah. You, you probably have an Abimelech or two in your past that when you think about that person, you kind of cringe because you know what you did to them. You know how you treated them. You know how you behaved. You remember that last conversation and what they said to you. And we all have people in our minds right now that we hope we never bump into them in the grocery store because we're so embarrassed by our behavior. Well, that was kind of a Bimelech for Abraham. But now, coming into chapter 21, now four years or more have passed since chapter 20. So if this was a movie about Abraham's life, the screen would go black, and it would say four years later. The screen would come up. And what has happened over that four years is over that time, it became evident to Abraham's neighbors that God was with Abraham and Sarah. And God was blessing them and God was prospering them materially. And most importantly, God gave them a son, Isaac, truly a miracle baby for Abraham and Sarah at their ages. And so in verse 22, who shows up at Abraham's house? Look at what it says, verse 22. And it came to pass at that time that Abimelech and Pekol, the commander of his army, spoke to Abraham saying, God is with you and all that you do. What a testimony. Abimelech has seen and heard about Abraham's life over the years since their, their encounter four years ago. He has, he has seen and heard about Abraham's life over the years. And Abimelech, of all people, show up, shows up and says, God is with you, Abraham. God is with you. I've watched your life. I, 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 I can see after watching your life for all these years that I had, I had you all wrong. What I thought about you was wrong. God is, God is clearly with you. It's undeniable. And I, I love this because it shows us that, that people are watching your life. People are watching your life. They're observing you. And even though you may have blown it before them or wronged them in the past or been a bad witness for Christ over time, you can show that God is with you. That God is with you. As you continue to follow Christ and live for God and walk in his ways, those people will realize that God is with you and that thing that you did isn't really who you are. And they can see that by the testimony of your life, that, that God is with you, his goodness is on your life. As far as we know, Abraham never went back to Abimelech to try to defend his actions or try to explain what he did, or try to defend himself. He, he never sent Abimelech a note, or a card, or an email. He didn't try to fix it. Because his actions were indefensible. So Abraham just kind of, you know, let it go. And over time, Abimelech realized God was with Abraham. Listen, 
people from your past, they see your life in Christ. They see what God is doing in your life. They see the difference that Jesus Christ is making in you and making in your family over the years. They may never tell you that. But they see it. They see your witness. And it's a testimony to them. Just as you're living your life for Christ and you're trying to honor God and you're trying to walk in His ways and you're trying to raise your family to honor God, people see that. They know who you were, they know what you were like, but they see what God is doing in your life and in your family. So look at verse 23. So Abimelech comes, he says, God is with you in all that you do. That's obvious. That's undeniable. Now, therefore, swear to me by God that you will not deal falsely with me, with my offspring, or with my posterity, but that according to the kindness that I have done to you, you will do to me and to the land in which you have dwelt. Abimelech says to Abraham, swear to me that you will not deal falsely with me or with my children or with my grandchildren. Now, why does Abimelech say this to Abraham? Because Abraham had dealt falsely with him in the past. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, he'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Abimelech knows that that God is, is with Abraham and that God is prospering Abraham. But at the same time, he also knows that Abraham has a history of being deceptive. And so Abimelech seeks a covenant with Abraham to protect himself and to protect his family in the future. And that's what he's asking for in verse 23. And in verse 24, Abraham said, I will swear. And so Abraham agrees to enter into a covenant with Abimelech. And Abraham understood Abimelech's concern based on Abraham's past behavior. I mean, who could blame Abimelech here? after his experience with Abraham in in the past. And I think it's important to note that Abraham was not insulted by Abimelech's request. He didn't get defensive. He, He didn't say, how dare you insinuate that I would ever deal falsely with you? I'm offended you would make such a suggestion as this. You know, many people today get insulted at the smallest thing. It's just the culture that we live in today. They get insulted by everything, even if the thing is true. Even if it's based in fact, even if it's a legitimate thing. Abimelech's got good reason here to be concerned about Abraham dealing falsely. He's got a history. Even so, people today, they get outraged. 
doesn't really seem to matter what the truth is. It doesn't really seem to matter what the facts are, what the history is. People still get outraged. But Abraham, he chose not to be hurt. He chose not to be insulted by Abimelech's request. You you can choose just not to be insulted when there's really nothing to be insulted by. He said, sure, I'll, I'll swear. I'll make an oath. I'll enter a covenant with you. Then Abraham rebuked Abimelech because of a well of water which Abimelech's servants had seized. You know, since we're talking about dealing falsely with each other, let me bring up something. And Abraham rebuked Abimelech because of a well that Abimelech's servants had stolen from Abraham's family. You know, water is very scarce in Israel, even to today. And that's especially true in the desert areas of Israel, down near Beersheba. Uh, Water is life, right? In the desert especially, water is life. Wells were one of the only ways people could obtain water in the desert. Another way was by digging cisterns to collect whatever little bit of rainfall fell in the desert. Uh, So so wells were very valuable. Wells were private property. You couldn't take water from a well without permission from the owner. They weren't like public drinking fountains that anybody could use. Uh, They were private property. And they were... were, uh, Fiercely defended. You know, in Numbers chapter 21, for example, uh, the children of Israel, they're on their journey through the wilderness, on their way to the promised land, uh, and they want to pass through the land of the Amorites. And so Moses sends a message to Sihon, the king of the Amorites, asking permission to pass through their land. And in his request to pass through the land, Moses says, We will not eat food from your fields, nor will we drink water from your wells. We're just going to pass through your land. We're not going to drink any of your water. It's not free water. You can't just drink from a well. Water was scarce. It was valuable in the desert. And a well was private property. It provided water for you and your family. You know, there's a a great scene in the movie Lawrence of Arabia. If you remember, towards the beginning of the movie, Uh, uh, Lawrence is with a guide out in the desert and they stop at a well and they steal water from the well. Uh, If you guys remember that scene. And as they're stealing water from the well, off on the horizon you see this little dot and you realize it's a man on a camel that is coming towards them and it's the owner of the well, Omar Sharif. And from a great distance... Lawrence and his guide are standing there watching this person riding closer on a camel. And then a shot rings out. And Omar Sharif shoots the guide for stealing his water. Right? That's, that's what you did with a well. You didn't mess with a person's well. It's a big deal. Wells were very difficult to dig. They were very labor intensive. Uh, Wells were dug by hand in ancient times, usually down through rock, using a hammer and chisel and buckets and ropes. And there is, by the way, a well at the ancient site of Beersheba that dates back to the time of Abraham, and it's known as Abraham's well, and it's believed to be the well that is mentioned here in chapter 
21. And that well is over 220 feet deep through rock. It was carved by hand with a chisel. Can you imagine that? No, you can't imagine that. You've never carved anything with a chisel. Neither have I. Much less 220 feet. And so, by the way, there's still water in that well. And so here, Abraham rebukes Abimelech because some of Abimelech's servants have seized this well that belonged to Abraham. You know, Jesus said, if your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And that's what Abraham does. He rebukes Abimelech. Now look at King Abimelech's answer. He's He's a king. He's a politician. And Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this thing. You did not tell me, nor had I heard of it until today. He denies any knowledge of the incident. I don't know anything about what you're talking about. No one's told me about this the first time I'm hearing of it. That's what's called plausible deniability, right? Now watch what happens in verse 27. This is an important little detail here in the text. So Abraham took sheep and oxen and he gave them to Abimelech and the two of them made a covenant. Notice it's Abraham who gave sheep and oxen to Abimelech. It wasn't the other way around as we might expect. Abimelech didn't give sheep and oxen to Abraham even though Abimelech His men have seized the well from Abraham. Abimelech is the offender, but it's Abraham who gives the animals for the covenant to Abimelech. Now, why? Well, Abraham gives the animals to Abimelech as a way of communicating his forgiveness of Abimelech. He's he's communicating forgiveness here by giving these animals, offering these animals to Abimelech. Abimelech. This was a common thing in that culture. If you remember in the New Testament, after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Jesus made a point to seek out Peter. And he even tells uh, the women, he says, tell the disciples that I'll meet them in the Galilee and be sure to tell Peter. And then Jesus goes to the Galilee after the resurrection And he seeks out Peter. And do you remember when he has that encounter with Peter in John's gospel? He meets with him there on the beach, on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And what did Jesus do? Jesus prepared a meal for Peter on the beach. And Jesus then invited Peter to come and eat with him. And it says that Jesus served Peter breakfast. What's that all about? Well, Jesus, by preparing a meal for Peter and serving Peter, was communicating to Peter forgiveness and reconciliation. To Peter, Jesus was saying, I forgive you. And they they showed that by sharing this meal and offering this meal to the offender. Uh, Even today, in a lot of Middle Eastern cultures, there's what's known as a reconciliation meal, where the person that was wronged prepares a meal and offers the meal and serves a meal to the offender as a way of communicating forgiveness. By the way, Jesus tells us that when we get to heaven, he's going to have us sit down and he's going to serve us a great big meal.
communicating to us forgiveness and acceptance by Him. He asked me how I know, and I say, brings truer than the finest crystal. We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan is continuing to teach through the book of Genesis, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. If you'd like to hear this message again, or to listen to additional teachings from Pastor Dan, you're welcome to visit our website at calvaryec.com. Once there, you can listen to or download a wide range of previous broadcasts. Otherwise, simply subscribe to our podcast. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you might be. This can be advantageous for those who are on the go much of the time. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life, so please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. We'd also really like to know how we can be praying for you. So when you call, don't be afraid to share your prayer requests with us. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you. Ring of Truth is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. We hope you'll make sure to join us again as Pastor Dan continues teaching in this series through the book of Genesis. We look forward to the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.